Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. How is everybody doing today? I trust everybody is in good spirits, good mood, everything that, that needs to be said. Anyhow, we're back in the studio because downstairs is just too darn hot. Too darn hot. So we're back in the studio blasting both of these things upstairs until we can get the bottom fix. You know how that goes. Well, well. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, 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 well. Folks, we have a great show for you today. Welcome aboard. Robert Davenport says, greetings to progressives. Eric Hayes is in the house. Paul Fleming from Atlanta, Georgia is in the house. Robert Fleming from California is in the house. Maywood from California is in the house. E2247 from I Forget is in the house. Uh, let's see. Eric Hayes from Kingwood is in the house, Texas. Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain is in the house. I'm testing my memory. Uh, Bruce Pollard from Kingwood, Texas is in the house. Bridge MCP from New York is in the house. Julie Henderson from I don't remember where is in the house. And Lee Grant from Texas is in the house. Alistair Waters from Conroe, Texas is in the house. And AVQ, our brother up in New York, is in the house. I think I got most of the locales correct where I failed. Please correct me. How are my peeps doing? Eric Hayes says, Egberto, you need your bottom to be fixed. I need my bottom to be fixed? I don't know what that means. Lee Grant says, Egypt, Texas. All right, Lee. You know, Lee, I'm, I have, to, I have a, a, an admission. Where is Egypt? Well, let's say, compared to, let's say, Paris, Texas, or Dallas, Texas, or Austin, Texas. I don't remember where Egypt, Texas is. Anyway, ah, I see your up story one cent to caper <laughs> to $44 per hour, like 92K salary. So, okay. Uh, 25 medical. Oh, that's a complicated one, Eric Hayes. Lou, Julie Henderson says, Julie from Progressive, Massachusetts. There you go, my girl. And uh, Lee Grant says, Magnolia area. Oh, so you're, oh, you're in the Magnolia area. We're going to have to have that coffee when we bring all the folks to a coffee shop in this area again. Uh, who else is in the house? Let's see. Bridge MCP says, Lee, I thought you meant because of the heat. That's probably what he meant. That's probably what he meant. Uh, Egypt by Magnolia. He probably means the heat. I think you're right about that, Bridge MCP. All right. What else have we got here? A occupied territory of Bodewami, Hochonke. He always does this to me. Whatever the case is, we love you, E2247. Even though you, you, tr you give me a language I'm not aware of. I only speak two, English, Spanish. Understand a little bit of Portuguese. If I, if I hear the keywords in Fran French and Italian, I can kind of pick it up. But you know where I really am. You know where I really am. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see what else we got here. What else we got here? Anybody wants to see? Uh, para ver, para ver. Eric says, find the comical since Tatum has been here. Wait, find this comical since Tatum has been here. The process has been inefficient and unstable. 
due to his incompetent management of the elections in Harris County and Washington, where he has gross negligence history with elections. Harris County and Elections Administrator Clifford Tatham also claimed that transferring employees and resources just six weeks before voting opens for November 2023. Elections will lead to inefficiencies, office instability. I agree with that, you know, trying to make change, whatever the case is. Uh, we don't need uh, uh, the state of Texas to be controlling our local elections. All right. Bruce says, next time, if you pick me up, I will buy the coffee and a snack. Well, you know, definitely so. You just tell me when, you know. Um, hey, I didn't. you know what? I didn't think of Bruce. When we did the program at Black Hole, I should have come. At, no, that would have been too early. I, that was 430 in the morning. Uh, to get out there to the black hole when we do the show from uh, from a coffee shop or whatever. Anyway, we're going to be doing the show. We're going to move in the show to different places, and other folks are probably going to have me guest on their show when we do the mobile mobile moving. Michael Rodney says Egypt, Texas, is in Wharton County. Also, it is real. Uh, Wharton County is close to where I am at, northwest of where I'm at, actually, or maybe west, maybe west, because I'm pretty north as well. All right, anyhow, folks, let's continue with the program. Let's see what else we got here. Anyhow, I got a good program for you today. I want to start with Joe Biden. And the reason why I want to start with Joe Biden is because finally, I think he found a way of expressing oh, the, the, his success in a quick way. You know, one of the things that Republicans know how to do is they can, they, in a short amount of time, with a limited amount of words, they can lie to you and tell you all the things that they've done. You know, uh, Trump would say, I had the best economy that a president has ever had. Uh, business was the best under my administration. The truth of the matter is, business was better under Obama. Business was better under uh, Carter. Even Carter, I mean, in, in, in Carter in a lot of respects, business was better under most other presidents. But Donald Trump took the mantra, and the reason why he's a salesman, he knows how to sell, he knows how to lie. Now, under Biden, Biden has exceeded Obama. Biden has exceeded all these other presidents with his success, with the Inflation Reduction Act, with the, with the um, infrastructure bill, and all these things, right? This guy has gotten a lot done with limited credit relative to what he has done. Now, Obama did... With Obama startup starting to put healthcare into the healthcare is a right domain, not fully completed, not near fully completed. He did a lot, but Biden, with the policies Biden came, policies that even progressives are like, huh? Okay, we didn't expect that out of you. It it in in fact it helps so many different people around the country. I, I want you to notice. In this particular speech, he didn't quite outright say it. But today at the White House, today is the inauguration of, or I should say, the anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act. Now, here's the deal the Inflation Reduction Act reduces inflation for real, kinda, kinda, but what it does is it makes things available. But not only that, right? Under the Inflation Reduction Act, we get all these policies for green energy for a given a hell, creating the infrastructure for a lot more employment all these things occurred under his watch a direct result of this inflation reduction act and specifically 
uh, even red state governors and red state politicians are touting it. Whenever something opens, a manufacturing facility opens, something, a, a new street getting built, a new bridge getting built, it is, hey, check it out. Look at what your congressperson has done for you. Not, not telling them we voted against this. So they're getting all the benefits as they vote against it, as they vote against Biden. Biden made a very important point. He said, notice inflation is coming down. And in effect, he has pointed out something that we've been saying on Politics Done Right that Katie Porter has been saying for a while. Most of this inflation was corporate greed. But he didn't say corporate greed. The president didn't say corporate greed. What the president said is, why is inflation coming down? Because profits are coming back to earth. In other words, because they're no longer picking your pocket as much as they were before. The corporations. He said it without being as graphic as I just was in saying, listen, these evil corporations are thieves and they're picking your pockets. But he said it, he said it anyway. I want you to listen to Biden and then I want to listen to you to listen close to the end when he talks about what Democrats have told him about red states. This is important. So let's go ahead, listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Where is it written that America can't create the most vibrant and innovative economy and be the world's leading manufacturer again? Where's that written? I didn't see that anywhere. We created more jobs in two years than any administration has in a single four-year term. Proud that unemployment has been below 4% for the longest stretch in over 50 years. We now have more jobs than we did before the pandemic. And workers aren't just finding more jobs, they're finding better jobs, higher pay, higher job satisfaction. And unemployment is down and so is inflation. Remember what the experts told us, okay? And they're traditional economists, very smart women and men. They told us getting inflation under control in order to do, we had to lower wages and increase unemployment. Not a joke. Had to lower wages and increase unemployment. But we never, never, never thought the problem was too many people, at least I didn't, too many people that were working or the working people were making too much money. I thought that was not the best answer to how to get it down. Now, one reason we've seen inflation fall by two thirds without losing jobs is corporate profits are coming back down to earth. The excesses are being eliminated by the corporations. We have more to do, but inflation is now lowest point it has been in two years. 
When the Inflation Reduction Act was passed a year ago today, inflation was, as it pointed out by Chuck or Nancy, I can't remember which one, 8.3%. It's now down to 3.2%. The lowest among, it's going to go lower. But here's the point. It's lowest among the world's leading economies. Take every major economy in the world. We have the lowest inflation rate. At the same time, wages are growing faster than inflation. This matters. The way I think about inflation is the way my dad used to talk about around the kitchen table. He'd ask, how much is left after all the monthly bills are paid? How much do you have left over after you pay them all? And is there, at the end of the month, just have a little bit of breathing room? Just a little bit of breathing room. That's one of the reasons why we work so hard dealing with farming and other things. Not only to get the overall cost of average people with the monthly bills down, in addition to inflation, the Inflation Reduction Act is giving people more breathing room, as my dad would say, and it's supercharging the economic transition in key ways. First, it's taking the most aggressive action ever on climate energy, ever. I've long said, and I've, that's why I think all the unions have come along. I've long said, when I think climate, not a joke, I think jobs. I think jobs. None of this would have happened had the unions not stepped up and supported us. This law is one of the biggest drivers of jobs and economic growth this country has ever seen. Since I took office, the private sector has announced nearly 400, me, $240 billion in new clean energy manufacturing investments. That private sector, $240 billion invested. And the law has already created an estimated 170,000 clean energy jobs. In one year, it's estimated that it will, it will, that will grow to 1.5 million more jobs over the next decade. First is one year, now we're talking about the decade. You know, just don't take it from me. The CEO of U.S. Steel called the Inflation Reduction Act manufacturing, he called it the Manufacturing Renaissance Act because it's bringing jobs back to America, manufacturing here in America, made in America. According to leading Wall Street firms, Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs, my broader investment, our broader investment in investing in America agenda is unleashing a boom, a boom of manufacturing investments. And we're leaving nobody behind. We're investing in all of America, in the heartland and coast to coast. You know, I saw some of our, a few of my Democratic friends, not in Congress, their friends said, look, you're, you're investing more in red states than in blue states. Well, I made a commitment. This is about all of America. We've seen progress across the country from Maine to South Carolina to Minnesota to New Mexico. The Vice President and I and the Cabinet have seen progress across the country. Exactly. And notice what he said. Democrats are saying you invested more in red states than blue states. It's not, that's not the issue really, right? Because the red states are in more dire straits than the blue states were ever in. We know that the red states are bigger states. The red states are, they collect more money than they put into the federal government. They ask for more money because they are more dependent. They are more dependent on blue states. That's just a statement of fact. So therefore, when all this money to make things better for the average American comes out, where do you think a lot of that money has to go? Back to the red states. So the Democrats who looked at the president and said, hey, most of, more of your money is going to red states than blue states. The president probably said, I know, but they need help more so than the others. That's just a statement of fact. But that's not the issue. The issue is that 
he showed in this one piece comprehensively, comprehensively. And, and by the way, let me back up, back out of that a, a minute. We want all Americans to do well. That's the thing when it comes to progressives. We want all Americans to do well. We are not segmenting Americans on who should be successful and who shouldn't be. And that is what the, the IRA proved in as much as no, no, no Republican of consequence voted for that bill. So for all of you that are supporting uh, all these red state politicians, realize that if you continue to support them, all you're doing is making your states worse off than it is right this minute. Joe Biden gave that. That's I, I kind of cut that speech, but it's an important piece of the speech that that I think most Americans needed to hear. Anyhow, let me go ahead and uh, see what else you guys are talking about here. Manu, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver dónde está lo demás. Where are the rest? Um, we have Lee Grant says, oh no, let's see what we got here. Alistair Waters is in the house. Hello, beautiful Alistair. She says, E2247 is speaking Pat uh, Potawatomi, indigenous people from my old neck of the woods. I didn't know you were in, uh, you had some indig an indigenous streak, my dear Alistair. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. We also have a federal court found Governor DeSantis 2022 suspending Tampa's elected prosecutor violated constitution. He's doing essentially the same thing again with state attorney. Yeah, he did. He actually released her already. But again, these guys are fascists and we know that they're fascists. Eric says, Lee Grant, please tell Conroe to keep their water and not flood Lake Houston in the upcoming hurricanes. Well, you know, uh, rich people win, man. Anyway, Julie Henderson says, Katie Porter must use the Republicans withholding water from infants, toddlers, children, athletes, workers, elders, put the responsibility where it originates. And she did a good piece. I saw it on TikTok, I believe, where she really let them have it in that in the committee meetings. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Eric says, <clears throat> Joe is a joke and full of word salad. Oh, well, I mean, I you, you can call it word salad. Please tell me what part of that word salad is incorrect, Mr. Hayes. You see, you just you just shoot things off that you hear on on on, on your your misinformed channels. Right. But I, you couldn't name me one thing that he said there that was incorrect. Everything that he said was correct. Michael Rudnick says Trump's economy was riding Obama's coattail for the first three years. Then the pandemic crashed everything. Of course. Every case is, what are you smoking today? Or maybe you have been in the heat for too long. Not really. I just spoke facts. Robert Davenport says, if you are watching, hit that thumbs up. Thank you, Robert, for telling folks that. If you are watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up. If you are watching on Facebook, go ahead and give us that like. We need that to keep these things flowing. Julie Henderson says, used car salesman is more trustworthy than temper tantrum Trump. I agree with you, beautiful. Eric Hayes says, yep, my groceries and electricity and insurance and everything has gone up, not because of Bidenomics, because of fraudulent capitalists. That's all. All right, let's see. Bridge MCP says, Dumpy Trump has on one hell of a schedule coming up. Hey, yes, he does. If we throw, throw him in court, that is a confounded thug. All right, let's see. Julie Henderson says, first two years of a presidency is results of last two years of previous president. All right. Eric Hayes refuses to listen. Uh, Eric Hayes is um, 
Well, I won't, I won't say that I need to remain nice because he's my friend and I genuinely do love my brother. All right, let's see what else we can say. Can't give medicine to the dead, Michael. Why bother? <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Julie Henderson says, manufacturing must return within the USA. Question is, will it be AI bots? The answer, Julie, is both. Yes, a lot of it's going to be AI uh, bots. A lot of it is going to be robots. I think that's what you meant by AI. A lot of it. Look, let me tell you, I use AI now, right? I, I, I think I told some of you this. I do a lot of blogs every day. I do probably then and with five. 20 blogs a day, and I write it all from scratch, even though there are things that 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 I could, you know, you know, that 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 is that I have to go back into my um into the transcript of things that I've spoken to in videos, and I have to retranscribe it and all of that. It takes a lot, a lot of time. And then I have to go look it up, uh, find my corroborating information at other places. Well, I just started subscribing to a tool that absorbs my videos convert the videos into words and go ahead and create the 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 uh what the the short narrative of the video corroborating it with real information right in other words validating that information and spitting me out something and then I can go ahead and write this stuff up rather quickly so instead of being able to do let's say two three four blogs a day I can probably do 10, 12 blogs a day and continue to put our message out there, right? Because I'm only one person and I can't afford to hire anybody else at this point in time. So AI is a good thing, but here's a kicker. And I'm preaching this. I spoke to this with, um, with uh, 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 Maurice Mitchell, who is the director of the Working Families Party. We sat down and talked before we did the interview and it's like, we don't need to have the working people scared of AI. We have to get the working people out there voting their interests. And voting their interests taken up on what, uh, I think it was Julie Henderson talked about, the AI bots, is that if a lot of this stuff is going to return as AI bots, or even, like, like I said, if I didn't have, if I wanted to put out that number of blogs, I would have to hire somebody to do some additional work. I can't afford that, so I do it. But that also means that there's a possibility that that person that could have had a job won't have a job because of AI. What it means is we have to change the model. We got to change the model from a 40-hour work week. We got to keep the, the, the salaries exactly the same or higher at the same time that we get the efficiency from AI, which means reduce the hours of the worker. What does that further mean? It means that mothers and fathers can have more time with their kids. And what does that mean? It means if they have more times with their kids, we need less police officers. We need less disciplinarians because now kids are nurtured like they were before. People talk about how kids are really misbehaving now and they're committing more crimes, etc., because they're not supervised. Why aren't they supervised? Everybody got to work. Well, now if we have efficiencies, and we transfer those efficiencies to society at large who develop those efficiencies as opposed to leaving it all to the wealthy people who took our knowledge, created an, uh, we created the efficiency, and then they lay us off. It ain't going to work that way. Like I told Maurice Mitchell, what we have to do as supporter of, of the working class is we have to make them know that they are already empowered to change the laws 
to make sure that the spoils from AI doesn't go to a few, but goes to us all. And that's what it's all about. I hope that made sense. If it doesn't, hit me up and we'll continue. Michael Rodden says, I don't want a country where people just have a little bit of breathing room. I want a country where people have enough to live decent lives. Henceforth, AI and what I just talked about, the 20-hour work week. Uh, Davenport says, the truth shall set you free. Tell them the facts, President Biden. It sings louder than all the Republican Republican clown lies altogether. True. Uh, let's see what else we got. Alistair says, Melanie Keelan, they are there in northern Indiana, northern Illinois. May be elsewhere, but I don't know for sure. I think you're talking about it, indigenous people. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Para ver, para ver, para ver. Uh, Lee Grant says, red states are smarter. They get fed dollars. <laughs> That doesn't mean smart. That just means you're on the dole. Uh, you're more so on the dole. Okay. Uh, Julie Henderson says, corporations price gouging pays investors with both right congressional laws tailored to them. Historic. Prosecute them theft from 20% taxpayers. Exactly. That's what we need to do. Uh, Michael Rodden says, remind me, how much is Biden pushing in green energy and infrastructure investment? The minimum required to forestall global warming is $4.5 trillion before 2030. We're running out of time. Joe Biden isn't doing nearly enough. The Biden, uh, the path we are on gets over 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming by 2027, and the climate change gets drastically worse once we pass that turning point. He's not doing enough. I agree, but we have to mitigate that in the elections. In other words, when he when he gets reelected, uh, we have to take over the Congress to push those policies and force him to sign it. All right, let's see. Uh, Paul, Michael says, Paul, the compromise on me would be enough that I'd lose the election. I'd <laughs> oh, that's funny. Melanie Keelan says, have you ever visited the Davis Mountains? Uh, Davis, I think that is in California, right? Uh, let's see. Why would they vote for more taxes on society as to pay for the overspending will take? No, 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 no. That's not what it is. Uh, you don't, when you talk about uh Taxes in red states, right? They cut taxes in red states for rich people, which means they can't support their poor people and needy people in those states. And then they make the blue states pay for them. So, no, that overspending comes from you guys not taxing the right people appropriately. So, you, you, you reap what you sow, sir. All right, Tegberto Willis, E2247 language. The English uh, Potowatomi is derived from the Ojibwe. Uh, Broodwani, whoa, boy, you guys really complicated me today. Thank you for putting that out. Guys, you read what Bridge MCP just wrote down there because it's important. Uh, and, and, you know, I love my people. All of you do the research to keep us more aware of what's going on. I better read it because it said, the Potawatomi name for themselves is a Bodewatmi without syncope, uh, without syncope, without syncope, a plural Bodewatmik, a cognate of the Ojibwe form. They're their name means those who tend the hearth fire, which refers to the hearth of the Council of Three Fires, Native American people of the Great Plains under Mississippi River and Western Great Lakes region. They traditionally speak the Potawatomi language. Potawatomi, Potawatomi, Potawatomi. Okay, I got it now. Julie Henderson says, Lee Grant, many red states refused federal funds to torture their citizens and blame Democrats in your pain. Wait, wait, let's correct that. They take the funds that they, they want that helps their corpse, etc., but things that help human beings, like the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. It, it shows the evil within that they do that. It shows the evil within. 
So you're correct about uh, pointing that out, Julie Henderson. Michael Rudnan says, greedflation, corporations overcharging because of the perception of inflation, is a primary cause of increased prices of all your basic necessities. And that has, <clears throat> that has been proven by Katie Porter. Lee Grange says, Julie Henderson, as a good Republican, I do not torture citizens and give water freely to infants and children. And that's why you're here. You're a good Republican. Not only are you a good report Republican, you support free speech. You support politics done right. And you are here every day with your thoughts. Respect. <coughs> Respect it, sir. Paul Vermin said, I use AI to help write music. There you go. Eric Hayes says, manufacturing is leaving China and going to Asia and Mexico. Look at, at Apple and Dell and HP, for example. So with population loss and manufacturing loss, China will be poorer in due time. Uh, don't count on the demise of China. China is doing a lot of what America did in its, uh, in, it, in, it, in its imperial time. We are still imperial, but in a more imperial time. And that is they're multiplying themselves throughout Africa, throughout Asia, throughout Mexico. So even as you see that, oh, we're manufacturing in Mexico, look under the hood. You're likely to find a Chinese-backed capitalist country. That's all I got to say. I mean, capitalist company. All right. Uh, let's see. Michael Ryan says, when manufacturing returns to the United States, high-paying manufacturing jobs will not return alongside. Most manufacturing jobs have been fully automated. We need to start discussing universal dividends from automation now as the future we are on. That's what we talk about. Uh, that's what I was talking about, keeping salaries the same, Michael. Uh, whether the people thrive or starve will be determined largely by who owns the machine. Again, uh, I don't care who owns the machine. Because the technology is what created the machines, right? The intellect is what created the machines. You want to own the machine. What we are going to make sure is that society will be taken care of at large. All right, Daniel Ado says, it is quite clear these Trump indictments are all about keeping him from being elected. Really? I am not a Trump sycophant, but this third world crap uh, the leftists are pushing ashore, I will absolutely vote for Trump, even if you make him a political prisoner. Well, I mean, that's your choice. I mean, if you want, and that's what a lot of people are voting for Trump to stick it to the libs, right? They want to stick it to the libs. So Trump is going to screw you, right? If you, if you were to get elected, but because you will be sticking it to the libs, you're going to do it anyway. And then you elect him, he screws you, and then you cry. The, the, the thought process, I just don't get. But, you know, that's why progressives that are listening to this uh Smart thinking Republicans that are listening to this, you guys know what you got to do in 2024. Bridge MCP says, right now I could use an AI as my webcam PC crash. More than likely the fan from the coolant CPU. I hear you, girl. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Michael is replying. That's a reply, reply, reply. Let's continue scrolling. Michael says, minds will change as a reading of the evidence during the trials is made public. I hope. Minds will change after Trump is convicted of the charges brought against him. I hope. Minds will change after Trump is sentenced to prison military detention. I wish. A core seventh of the American public will remain unswayed by proof. That's true. Eric A. says, rule of law is out the door for sure. Shut down a position by arresting them. Wow. How enlightening. Julia Henderson says, will AI bots increase mandate federal subsidies, minimum income, food, uh, health? Yes, I, that's what we want. Basic income. I am in for basic income. I interviewed a lot of test cases, right? Uh, at, at Netroots, we had different companies that, that were doing test cases of basic income to see if 
If people receive a basic income, would they turn into lousy couch dwellers? No. It turned out that a basic income gave people the ability to want more. The ability, they, it gave them a cushion that allowed them to strive for more. And it worked. The experiment worked. You know, I, I check out my interviews. I can't remember the name of the companies right now, but check out the interviews. I interviewed them. All right, Michael Segberto, I'm not kidding about the compromise on me. My opposition research would find a whole bunch of embarrassing stuff that I shouldn't, I wouldn't want to make public, which would make any win impossible. Actually, though, I disagree with you completely, Michael. Donald Trump has made it that even the scourge of the earth could win an election in the United States of America. So I don't think you would have done anything uh, worse than Donald Trump. So if you run, you got my vote. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, McDonald Observatory is an astronomical observatory located near uh, on Fort Davis in Jeff Davis County. Yeah, I know. Actually, uh, my daughter went to the observatory. I've never been to the observatory, but I think it's in Big Ben, right? Somewhere around there, if I recall correctly. All right, let's see what else we got. Fossil from Bridge MCP. Fossil fuel industry gets six trillion dollars in free stuff every year that's true that is so true so true so true the observatory is uh part of the university of texas my university yes and that's why she went as a tour with the university lee grant because both of us went to the same university lee grant says we seem to be in a post-constitutional post-law and post-truth era reminds me of the twilight zone no, we're we're in a truth era come on i want to tell the truth lee grant that's why you support me right i think so I think so. Robert Davenport says, Daniel Ado is quite clear you have not read the indictments. Do yourself a favor. You know, I haven't read the indictments either because I have trusted sources that I believe in and I don't really have the time to go through the 90-something page of the, the indictment for, uh, for, these, for, for, Atlanta, for Georgia or the 45-page one for, I think the one for 45 pages, D.C. You know, I, I just don't have the time, but the sources that I have, I have faith in them. And I know that you read them, Davenport, and if I say anything correctly, I'm sure you'd correct me as well, sir. All right, let's see what else we got here. Whoa, you guys are really flaming today. Bruce says, I've been there. It's north of Big Bend, a nice dark place. I guess that means you can really see the stars at night. I bet it also means you don't have a lot of cellular towers or cellular connection. When our good friend um, uh, who ran for Congress here, you know... Um, Ah, I forgot his name right now, but I'll pick it up sometime. Anyhow, second video of the day. Let's go ahead and talk to Brett Edkins. We're going to talk Supreme Court. Let's go ahead and do that. And then we will return, my brothers and my sisters. Welcome to Politics and Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. And today we're here with Brett Edkins. And he is with, and I won't say it, he will. Stand Up America. Hey, let me tell you, the reason I wanted to talk to you is I heard you know everything there is to know about the Supreme Court. <laughs> Not true, but... But, you know, it's close enough for it. government work, you know, sure. that we, we can say that. Now, recent, uh, this is how I define the Supreme Court. I define the Supreme Court as the only undemocratic branch of government. Okay. Okay. Now, I don't think you would have said the same. Explain. Well, it is virtually undemocratic. The Senate is also not a purely democratic True. institution. Uh, there are two senators from California and two, and from, two Wyoming. from Wyoming. Yes. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Uh, but you're absolutely right. It's purposefully somewhat divorced from right. regular day-to-day -day politics. Mm -hmm. That's partly by design. But uh, when the court gets as extreme as it is right now, you start to see the weaknesses of that system. Well, let me let me ask you this because, uh, you know, I don't 
uh, I, there rarely anybody who would just come and say, oh, it's by design, even though I know that. And I have yeah. reasons to believe why it is by design. But you tell me, why is it by design? Well, judges are supposed to be fair, balanced, uninfluenced by day-to-day -day politics, right. uninfluenced about whether they need to run for re-election and be popular. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be defending the rights of minorities, people who are marginalized, people who need a court right. to give them a fair hearing. That's why justice is blind. Right. Uh, and that is obviously not exactly what's happening now. We right. have a lot of money and politics feeding into the nomination system. Who gets nominated, who becomes a lower court judge, and then who becomes a Supreme Court judge to the point where we're at now, where the court is as partisan and as divided as ever. Um, you said that, that the reason why you have this in effect, I paraphrasing you, you want them to be measured and not worried about re-election and that sort of stuff. Of course, if you're in a state like Texas, we elect our judges from Supreme Court judges yeah. all the way down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I guess our Supreme Court now is just as corrupt as the current Supreme Court. So uh, it seems to me like, in effect, neither neither one worked, whether they vote him in or they're elected in or, or they're elected in or they're appointed in, it seems like the results can be the same. So maybe should we vote them? <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't, I'm just... No, Sandra Day O'Connor and other justices have long warned about the dangers of electing judges right. at a state level. And There's I agree. a lot of problems with yes. it. Uh, There's obviously also a lot of problems with having justices who linger on until... They well, either die or retire uh, right. at the time that they want. They right. Politically retire when a Republican or a Democrat can appoint their replacement. Right. You know, RBG, who held on for dear life until right. she hoped Hillary Clinton would be able to appoint her replacement. That's also a problem. That's why yeah. we need term limits at right. the Supreme Court. We need expansion at the Supreme Court. We need reforms. You know, I have always been anti-term limits because I believe the people have the right to elect who they elect. But... I think that's a good, good compromise. Not a, actually, it's not a compromise. I think it should be a requirement because if you're appointed uh, and then and and not easily removed from appointment, I think term limits should be that fail-safe method. So I mean. And I don't think that's a hard argument to no. put out there at all. No, there's long been bipartisan agreement. Yeah. Oh, there is bipartisan there agreement. There have been Republicans in the past. Uh -huh. uh, that no, currently. Right. Because Republicans have an advantage on the court. But right. In times before when they didn't have quite the advantage, plenty of Republicans have recognized that term limits make sense. Right. It would bring the, some stability to the court. Right. Every president would basically get to point two. Right. And they would serve 18-year terms. Let me, let me, the also, it's 18 years? That's the most common okay, right. uh, proposal. So right, that every right. president gets two. And you okay. wouldn't have a situation where someone like Obama, who served eight years, only got two, two. justices. And Trump, four years, four years three. three. Makes absolutely makes no, no sense. sense. And it doesn't it, reflect the people and what they want. But you know what is so funny about that, that you brought that up? We have a president that got elected by the electoral college, not by popular vote. Yeah. And he is the one that got to elect, put the most people on the Supreme Court. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a double on democracy. Yes. A yes. double on democracy. So uh, what are you doing, your organization doing? What's the name of the organization? Stand Up America. Stand Up America. What is your organization doing to try to mitigate this? In other words, to try to educate yeah. folks that 
we need to start electing people are going to get these proposals out in the fold. Well, working really hard right now to tell members of Congress that they need to endorse the Judiciary Act, which is the bill that would add four seats to the Supreme Court. And to take it seriously, members of Congress tend to see this proposal as radical. Right. When in fact, Congress has changed the size of the Supreme Court seven times in our history. Oh, is it seven? Okay, yeah. Seven times. And it's usually in situations like this where the court has become so far out of whack right. with where the people are that it needs structural reform right. in order to change. Um, so we're working really hard to build co-sponsorship on the Judiciary Act, build support for term limits, build support for a Supreme Court code of ethics, right. which thankfully this uh, coming week, the Senate Judiciary is going to vote on. Right. Uh, and just building momentum for those reforms that used to have bipartisan support, desperately right. needed now. Uh, it, you know, it may not happen this year, but I think we're slowly building and educating people no, the need for, for reform. Interestingly, the president has come out and said that he doesn't support yeah. that now, is he just playing not to uh, not to give the Republicans an issue in 2024? 20, uh, I think partly. And Joe Biden is a moderate right. Democrat and he is the president. He kind of represents and tries to represent where the middle right. the country is. Um, but he, like in the voting rights fight, when we tried right. to pass the For the People Act and the Freedom to Vote Act. Right. Joe Biden came along a little later right. and realized we need to change the filibuster. Right. He's a senator. Right. He was there a long time. So he liked the filibuster. He thought it worked. And then when he was finally confronted and said, my choice is between democracy and this Jim Crow relic, he chose right. Right. We're not at that deciding point yet on court expansion. We still need... Uh, members of the Progressive Caucus. Yeah, he's going to wait to be led. I think so. And I think that's the role of organizers is Mm -hmm. to convince, to educate, and build a space where more and more politicians recognize court expansion is is not a crazy idea. It's actually the only constitutionally protected and tested way Mm -hmm. to hold the court in check and create a permission structure for Joe Biden and others to say, this is okay. This is what we need to do. Our rights are at stake. Our rights to free productive health, to voting rights, right. to a clean environment. All of this is at stake at the court. And if they don't do anything about the court, we can pass all the legislation we want, uh, but we won't be living in the country we deserve. Well, you know what? I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to remind you, I'm going to find you after we win in 2024, after that bill passes, and whether he signs that bill. I'm okay. going to remind you. Okay. Okay. We've got a long road, no, but we're going to get there. Let me tell you, give me a closer here. Uh, your, your thoughts on the Supreme Court. Where are we going from here? Give me a closer. Well, we had a rough term. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Supreme Court has gotten a lot of credit in the press, but in just this year, they got rid of decades of affirmative action precedent. Right. They opened the door to discrimination against LGBTQ Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, narrowly decided not to embrace radical theories of electoral right. change and voting right. rights. But this is the court that a year ago struck down Roe v. Wade. Right. They have a lot of cases on deck to expand gun rights right. uh, and make gun violence even more prevalent in our country and to roll back environmental protection. The court is an ongoing danger, and the 6-3 supermajority that the conservatives have is an active threat to all the freedoms that you and I hold dear. Uh, So if people want to get involved, I would say go to standupamerica.com, help us out, um, help us lobby and organize and tell your members of Congress to get on board with reforming the Supreme Court. Brett, it's been an honor. Thank you so kindly for being here, and you have a wonderful rest of your conference. Thanks. Enjoy it. Absolutely. Thanks so much. We 
spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead. Number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. and I have time for one last video. This was uh, this morning on KPFT 90.1 FM when a climate denier called. I wanted to listen to this exchange. I think, uh, tell me if you think, as I think, as I thought that he listened to, uh, I, I first listened to him in detail and I think he listened to what I had to say. But before I do that, I better go ahead and put what my sister here wants me to put on the screen. So here we go uh, for what Bridge MCP wanted me to get onto the screen. I'm about to put it on the screen. Bridge, there you go. There you go. Fin for president. Is that what it is? There we go. All right. I did it, Bridge. All right, let's go to the video, the last video of the day. Here we go. I hope, not I hope, you will enjoy. Come on in, Joe, and then we'll move on. Hey, good morning. How are y'all? I'm fine, Joe. Talk to me, my brother. Oh, man. Um, yeah, you're right. Let's, let's not talk about Trump because that, that is what the establishment media wants you That's all they want you to think about. But um, um, really, instead, somebody said climate change. And, and, um, and I, I saw a graph the other day. You know, of course, you weren't inundated. Um, um, via the establishment media in all its forms with the idea that, that the world is burning and catching on fire and this is the hottest year on record. Well, what they're not telling you and what you can look up on NASA's own website is that water moisture is 30% higher in the atmosphere this year because of a volcano that erupted in the South Pacific and threw just huge clouds, huge volumes of H2O into the, into the atmosphere. And that's and that that has um, has made this year a little uh, warmer than normal. There's that, and, there, and there's also this graph they'd like to show of the last ten or twenty thousand years climate. Well, I challenge you to, to Google and find this um, this this um, graph that, um, that you can find if you just Google the last five hundred thousand years climate. The last 500,000 years of climate, more data, right? Bigger, longer timeline. If you look at it, you'll see that, you'll see that, um, you know, there's some dramatic swoops upward and then it comes back down and it goes for a few tens of thousands of years and then it goes up and then it trickles down for tens of thousands of years and it goes up and it trickles down for tens of thousands of years and it does that about, I don't know, 12 or 15 times and then it goes up. And, and that's where we are right now, right? That's now. 
And if you look at it in context of the last 500,000 years, well, is that out of line? No. This is a normal pattern that's been going on for half a million years. And, and the data is right in front of you. But, you know, that doesn't sell electric cars and that doesn't transform the economy and take money from one set of people and give it to another set of oligarchs. So, you know, we're just not going to. Okay, gonna Joe, you know, Joe, first of all, let me let you know that a lot of what you said is actually correct. All right. Now, now, now that I've said that, let me tell you what some of the issues are with climate change. Uh, do you know what gradients are and, and the, uh, the speed in speed and in, in gradients as well? Right. Um, you are correct that we do go in cycles. We go in cycles of freezing and warming, etc. But what we have reached is a cycle where humanity exists, because, again, the, the uh, we're, we're exists. What what has happened for humanity to, to exist? We have done things like turn all those dead animals from millions of years and dead trees from millions of years. We've turned them into sequestered carbon, which leaves a particular balance in the air that, you know, that 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 is maintained. Now, it is true that over time, if uh, without man's control, things like the forests and these other things will eventually burn again, throw more carbon in the air, and we'll go through all kinds of cycles. Again, what we are saying, those of us who not only believe in man-made climate change, notice we're saying man-made climate change, we realize that we are having an impact that speed up or slow down certain things. And the question that I that I put out there is, is it in our best interest to continue speeding things up in the cycle where we cannot adjust economics to run with what we are doing to climate? Can we adjust the, to the severity of these particular events that occur? So, I mean, uh, what happens in a lot of times is that when we are arguing these issues, we, we polarize ourselves and we allow the plutocrats like, in other words, you are with one set of plutocrats and it might seem like I'm with another set of plutocrats in that I want electrical energy, I want renewable energy, you are probably just fine with uh, fossil fuels because, hey, it's there and it's cheap and we can burn it at will. We shouldn't be in that kind of contention as I see it. We should be what oh. is best. Alberto. Yes, sir. I got, my, I got my hand up for a second. I want to just interject one thing. Yes, You're go ahead. Equation. You're missing half the equation, okay? And and as I drive around the northeast side of Houston, I see that other side of that equation. It's just glaringly simple. It's everywhere you go. What is the other really, side, sir? It, it, it's these solar-powered carbon sequestration units that we, yes. we allow to be destroyed all around us in mass. What is that? Right? Trees. It's called Thank a you. tree. Yes. And 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 it's a solar powered carbon sequestration device, but it's, it's Joe. And, and Joe, let me stop you because I gotta go to Gonzalo, but let me stop you. You're right on that again, but let me just tell you, because we did the math, right? The amount of trees that are necessary based on growth rates to cover the amount of additional cars and carbon producing things that we need, we, we are so far exceeding that you're correct that that is a, one of the best sequestration forms. Another sequestration form that is becoming carbonic right now is the oceans. The oceans are one of the biggest absorbers of carbon, but uh, carbon plus H2O, what does it create again? Carbonic acid. And what is carbonic acid doing to our animals? It's Go ahead. Carbolic acid, carbolic acid. 
Right. So go ahead. So therefore, what, what I'm saying, Joe, is the following. We shouldn't be discussing and fighting about this issue as it's, it's, it's a polarization thing. You and I should be sitting down and say how best to convert the economy from doing a net positive and throwing things up into the air that will, in fact, I think we'll all agree, modify climate. And how can we have a smaller imprint to make sure that gradients are smaller? That's all I'm saying, sir. And I think if we can get there and stop the the, the, the ridiculous fight that the oil companies would like us to have and others would like us to have, we will have them. I don't want to get rid of oil. I mean, we use oil for more than just burning, brother. But, you know, but we have to get in some equitable place. Don't you agree that we have to come somewhere close to that? I do. And you, we should also recognize that the place that we're in right now, uh, as far as the data goes, is not that exceptional. It, and it's uh, like well, well, let me stop you there for a second. It's not exceptional. Wait, Joe, listen to me. Listen to me on this one. I, I need you to understand this one. It's not exceptional over 10,000 years. It is exceptional over a hundred years. That's all I'm saying. If you take, and that is what I wish more scientists would just come out and say, we can say this honestly. The, the problem isn't that this stuff wouldn't occur. If you look at it in the cycle over 10,000 years, hey, I get you, brother. But when we're talking about these changes over short times, that is when, I, when engineers talk about, we don't want large gradients. We don't want large gradients because bad things occur in large gradients. That's all. So, uh, so I'm with you that these changes occur over time. And I'm also, uh, I'm, I'm trying to tell you also that we are in a sweet spot for humanity when we had that amount of carbon sequestration that we no longer have. And I'm saying this change occurs in a, in a small amount of time. So if your fight should be, in my opinion, go ahead and talk about planting the trees, go ahead and talking about, we don't have to go crazy and just cut uh, cut oil like yesterday, but we have to do things in a manner that says we're going there. And eventually, I think we're going to have to have some sort of a and um, the environmentalists. Some of my environmentalist friends gonna kill me here, but I think we're going to have to have some sort of a nuclear carbon sequestration process. In other words, we can't use oil to sequester carbon, but we can use nuclear to sequester. But again, I haven't thought this particular thing out. I'm just saying. Anyway, I got to go to Gonzalo. Give me a quick closer, Joe. Hey, Joe? The quick closer is, um, yeah, quit, quit, quit using climate change as a club to just beat, beat everything with. I don't right? think, okay, uh, Joe, I'm sorry. I want you to, I, I want you, uh, Joe, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to do me a favor. Instead of looking at climate change, folks that are beating your brow with as a, as a, a cushion, let's, uh, let's try to create that kind of a bridge, really, because you are a thinking person. And more so than those folks that just say oil, oil, oil. So you can yeah, be a bridge. Raise it, raise it another level. Here, raise it to another level. These are just these are issues. The issue now right. is pro-establishment versus anti-establishment. Now you and I, you and I can drink coffee on that because we agree. We can drink coffee on that. Okay. Yep. Well, I got thank you, brother. Have a good one, guys. See ya. Peace out. All right. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody. Okay, guys, I want you to notice something with with Joe on the line. The idea is I wasn't there to attack Joe. I was there to to get Joe to listen where he could, and etc. 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 And I think 
in as however that particular interview went, there were the seams in there for him to think. I want you guys to, it, for, I noticed Davenport just said, this interview proves that close-minded crackpots cannot be appeased by telling them they are right about some facts they're quoting out of context. Actually, I kind of differ with you there, Robert, in that I think I got to him, okay? Uh, I really think, I mean, he's going to continue to put what's been placed in his head, right? But there are some cracks that I saw in there. And let me put uh, Rudnan's piece on the screen. I think that's a good graphic, okay? Um, now, he, here's what, where this graphic, we need to give context with what he's saying. What this graphic shows is the exponential increase in CO2, which creates in the short term that exponential change in environment. At the end of the conversation, that is what I tried to get across to the young man. Look at that entire thing for decades that, that Rudnan has as far as the ups and downs of CO2. This is the difference. This is what they don't tie in when they look at this over 10,000 years. Because over 10,000 years, this graph is going to look a lot different. Even with that spike, if we, were to, if we were to make a change, right? Let me give an example. If we keep that spike in there and we do nothing about climate, climate will do something about itself. So we always try to reach a steady state condition. You learn that in, in science. Bruce can explain that to you. We always try to reach a, a, a state of balance. And the state of balance will occur with all the energy having to be expelled through hurricanes and all of that. Hurricanes are just the accumulation of, of energy to be expelled. But, uh, but I, will do this. I will do this at another time because we're running out of time right now. Rodney says, Egberto, you won't get any complaints from me about nuclear power if you compare radioactive output in coal ash and deaths from air pollution from one coal-fired plant uh, over 50-year lifespan, it would exceed all the damage all nuclear power plants have done, including the dozens or so accidents that have resulted. These are the choices we must address. Rudnan, your statement there as an environmentalist proves your maturity, because that's what I'm talking about there. That statement proves your maturity. Thank you for that statement. Anyway, folks, Lee Grant says, we need to pull the plug on China and India. That's No, it's not quite that easy. Remember, we built our capitalist economy by throwing most of the carbon that's currently in the air in the air. If we now tell China, you can't do anything to catch up. So therefore, you have to cut just like we're cutting. That will be completely unfair. No, we have to do most of the cutting. We got to do most of the cutting. My name is, ah, before I go, I want you to remember to please, please, please remember to go sign up for my newsletter. Uh, right now, every morning, it shoots out at five in the morning with what we're going to talk about on the program. But I'd like for you all, uh, if, you, if you have the wherewithal, to please become paid subscribers of the uh, newsletter. We need, we need paid subscribers of the newsletter to help us continue doing what we're doing. And here's the link, politicsunright.com slash newsletter. politicsunright.com slash newsletter. That is how you can support this project as well as all the other forms of support that we have. Anyway, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. 
And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.